forget, we have to remind ourselves once in a while, we're trying to clean people instead of catch them. You catch them, let the king clean them. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't near as good an amen as should have been over what I just said right there. Tonight, I'm going to help you tonight. Tonight, the law of the harvest. We're going to talk about the immutable kingdom law of the harvest. Uh, some people wrestle with this. Some people push back against it. This will help you tonight if you'll listen to what God's word says. There's a law. We need to pray this prayer constantly that was prayed in scriptures. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Well, one of his ways is the law of the harvest. It's immutable. It's always been in effect. It'll always be in effect. Anybody in this room can work it. You can use it. It's called the law of the harvest. Let's read it together. It's in Galatians chapter six, verse seven. A few verses here. Galatians six, seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. This is Galatians 6, 7. Whatever a man sows, that's what he'll reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Everlasting life is not talking about eternal life. It's talking about abundant life now. Life from the spirit. Sow to the spirit, reap from the spirit right now. Verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who have the household of faith. This is called the law of the harvest. Let me, let me, I'm just going to sock it to you. Here it is. The Father has placed your future in your hands. If the law of the harvest is true, your future is in your hands. A lot of people up, nobody knows what's going to happen. Read it again. Your future's in your hands. That's what's called the law of the harvest. And here, you've heard this before. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. That's the law of the harvest. All right. Four constant laws of the law of the harvest. And this applies to agriculture and it applies to the kingdom. I'll show you this in scripture. I want you to come, I want you to come away tonight saying, I can turn this thing around. I can change it by sowing right. You, you can change anything by sowing the right seed. If you have a need, sow your seed. All right. Number one, first law of the harvest. You reap exactly, exactly what you sow. Can I get a witness? I don't see any of my farmers. My farmers are here tonight. You reap exactly. If you put wheat in the ground, you get. This isn't hard. If you put corn in the ground, you get corn. All right. Y'all got to amen with me tonight. You sow mercy into people's lives. You get mercy back in your life. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. They shall receive mercy. All right. You, you sow hope into people's lives. You'll be a person that'll just bubble with hope. You sow deceit, you will be deceived. You sow selfishness, you will suffer from selfishness. Uh, let, let me go deep here. You sow nothing. A lot of believers are wondering why something don't happen. What have you sown? Uh, let, let's go real deep here. You sow cheeseburgers. <laughs> What's the immutable law of the harvest? You, whatever you sow is coming back to you. Uh, you, what you sow exactly what you reap. This is, uh, this is just that simple. You got to know this. All right, number two, here's the second law of the harvest. Um, you reap later than you sow. Are you with me? This is where a lot of people get in trouble. You, you don't sow today and reap today. If you sow green beans, how long before you reap? 50, 55 days. If you sow corn, how long? 90 days. All right, I want you to read with me. This is again in Galatians chapter nine. Why did he say this? Let us not grow weary while doing good. Why do you have to not grow weary while you're sowing? Because it doesn't come back immediately. It takes time. You have to sow. Let us not grow weary while doing good. <clears throat> For in due season, we shall reap 
if we don't give up. This is the second law of the harvest. It's delayed. Harvest is delayed. You don't get it back today. Anybody, any farmer knows this. Anybody knows this. You, uh, you, you sow later than you reap. All right. Um, I want you to, let's take time out here. Turn, hold your finger there. Turn to Mark chapter four. You've got to understand uh, it, where you are today is because of what you sowed yesterday. You can't start sowing today and turn it around by nine o'clock tonight. Okay. But you can turn it around. Now let's learn this law. This is all through the Bible. It's the delay of the harvest. Look with me in Mark chapter four. And Jesus is swearing the whole passage is about the sowing of life. Mark chapter four, verse 26. He said, the kingdom of God. Now let's just stop. Somebody define the kingdom of God. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's when the Spirit of God comes into your life and begins to make things right and brings great peace in your life and brings great joy into your life. All right, what's it like? The kingdom of God is like a man who should what? Sow seed on the ground. And he goes to sleep by night, rise by day. The seed will sprout and grow. He himself doesn't understand how. Why do we have to know how this stuff works? We don't have to. We can just believe he'll do what he says. The earth yields crops by itself. But listen, first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. The grain ripens. He puts in the sickle because the harvest comes. What do you see right there? You, it takes time. It takes time. You begin to sow to the spirit. And, and over time, you begin to reap a, a small harvest. And then that harvest grows. It will stay with it. Okay, so the second law of the harvest is that it, it's delayed. Uh, you reap later than you sow. What's the third law of the harvest? Does anybody know? You reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. Nobody puts a kernel of corn in the ground hoping to get one kernel back. If you put a kernel of corn in the ground, how many do you get back? 900. Because average, you put a kernel of corn in the ground, you get a stalk. An average stalk has three heads on it. The average head has about 300 kernels on it. Words, we sow expecting more, good or bad, to the flesh or to the, to the spirit either way. You always expect more than you sow. Right? If, if you begin to give to, in the spirit, you begin to give to help people, you can expect to get back more than you gave. I heard a preacher say something strange a while back. Do you remember the story where uh, they had 5,000 hungry people? Remember that? And, and Jesus said, what? Y'all need to take care of them. They said, we can't. But they found a boy who had what? Had a boy's lunch. And he had five little biscuits or loaves. And he had two fish. And he gladly gave that to Jesus to give it to the people. He gave it to them. And the Bible said they fed 5,000 people, just men, plus women and children with it. Right, does anybody remember something after they got done feeding them? What did they do? Picked up some leftovers. How many? Twelve baskets. I'd have heard a preacher say that was one for each of the apostles. The apostles did not sow that seed. Who carried 12 baskets home? The little boy. Who sowed it? You always reap more than you sow. Then as you begin to pour the love, you begin to love people, just care for people. I promise you, you gonna get back more than you sow. You begin to make peace with people. Blessed are the peacemakers. You're going to enjoy more peace than you ever give away. You don't trade down with our king. You don't trade equal with our king. You always trade up with him. And whatever you sow, as you begin to sow, you always reap more than you sow. Uh, let, let me, one of the, we're going to talk about this one of the great needs. One of the great needs is for people to have encouragement. You begin to live to encourage people, you'll walk 16 inches off the air yourself. Whatever a man sows, it's, that shall he reap. It's coming back to him. And, but you're always going to reap more than you sow. Um, I'm having to know that I could use some forgiveness once in a while. 
How do you get forgiveness? Anybody know? You forgive others. Jesus said, if you will forgive those who sin against you, your father will forgive you. God's kingdom is propped up on the law of the harvest, which means if, if you have a need, sow your seed and, and you got to sow it. And of course, the third law is <clears throat> you eat more than you sow. And then the fourth law of the harvest to keep growing, you have to keep sowing. You can have a tremendous crop this year. You don't sow again next year. Guess what? How do you explain all these churches were so great at one time and all of a sudden they peckered off and died? What happened? Somebody quit sowing something. How do you explain these believers that were so blessed and just so in love with Jesus and you got around and they glowed in the dark and all of a sudden you watched them, they just petered out. What happened? That, that wasn't God. Somebody, when you quit sowing, you quit growing. That's why, listen, we have to be continually sowing. We're people who sow all the time. We sow to the Spirit constantly. If, if you... Uh, if you want to enjoy it, we sang a song that, that's uh, very dear to me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And he answers that. And I love for the presence of God. I'm, I want to be a believer. I'm going to do right. I'm going to walk by faith. But I love the presence of God to rest on me. I just love it when Jesus draws close. Well, to keep his presence on you, you have to keep sowing to the Spirit. You can't enjoy the sweet presence of God and complain and whine. You sow into the flesh. Friend, to, to enjoy the presence of God, you have to sow to the Spirit which is gratitude and thanksgiving and praise and continual worship and hallelujah to Jesus. And it, you, you, uh, you turn the faucet off when you quit sowing to the spirit and to keep growing, you got to keep sowing. Um, how many people have I known? They followed Jesus for a while. They had a great family. Their marriage grew. It did great. Their kids are doing great. And all of a sudden something just went south. Next time you see them, they're divorced. The kids in a mess. Somebody quit. You, you can't quit sowing. You've got to keep sowing to keep growing. And, and we, we have to be continual farmers. We have to do that. All right, so those are, the, those, are the four, those are the four continual laws of the harvest. It doesn't matter if you're, a, if you're, if you're a, a wheat farmer or a believer. You've got to know those four things. Now, let me take just a minute here and let's talk about some of the truths of the harvest. Um, right, here we go. You ready? I hope this... Uh... All right, Americans today, do we sow primarily to the flesh or to the spirit? We sow the flesh in America. In case you're wondering what that is, we're in Galatians. Uh, I want you to look back in chapter five in Galatians. So what's this flesh stuff? We're not talking about your skin. How many of you know that all of us have two sides? Well, let's read it in the Bible. Read, read this with me. Verse 16, walk in the spirit. Galatians 5, 16, read this with me. Walk in the spirit, live in the spirit. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. They're at war with one another. How many of you would agree that there's two sides in you? Does anybody here have a flesh? Y'all do. Well, do. Go have it till Jesus gets back. And what does it say the flesh does? It fights against my spirit. But what does my spirit do? It wars against my flesh. I got to make a decision. Which one am I going to obey? Which one am I going to follow? All right. And now watch what the scripture says here. In case you're wondering what this flesh stuff is, here it is. All right. Galatians 5. 19, the works of the flesh are evident. And let's look at the list here. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Those are the first four. And that covers sexual immorality. Listen, the, the, the flesh is just filthy. I mean, it's just lustful. Well, what's America right now? We can't sell Preparation H without a naked woman on it. I mean, what, what's going on in this land right now that we're so sex saturated? That, that's not your spirit. Let, let's, right, let me teach you something about your spirit and your flesh. Cater to your flesh, your spirit's going to be miserable. Satisfy your flesh, your, spirit's gonna, your heart's going to be miserable. 
I was talking to God and he said, I did everything I want to do, but I was so empty on the inside. Well, you're grieving your spirit. But listen to me, honor your spirit and your flesh is going to cut up and raise Cain. It'll scream like a spoiled brat because it is one. You can't have both. All right, listen to me. You, you don't know your flesh a thing. Cater to your spirit. Look at the rest of this list here. And then it shifts gears. Verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, which is drug use, hatred, contention, which is an argumentative spirit, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. Do you know of any outbursts of wrath in our nation today? What do y'all think? If I was you, I wouldn't go to Wendy's no more. Did y'all see that in the news today? A man in Wendy's came up and complained about his food. A fellow come around the counter, hit him in the head and killed him. The, the work of, over a cheeseburger. Shit, drive through shootings. That, that's not the spirit. Well, it is a spirit, but it's not the spirit we're after. What is the flesh? Outbursts of anger. Why can we not talk to each other civil today? Outbursts of anger is the flesh. And what does the Bible say? If you, let the, if you sow to your flesh, what's going to happen? You have a miserable life. It's going to be destroyed. This is not hard, dear ones. I want you to finish this list in case you need to know what it is. Hatred, contention, outbursts of wrath, self. What's the one of the word? What's our word for selfish ambitions? Just pure selfishness. I got to have my way. It's going to be my way in this marriage. It's going to be my way in this church. It's going to be my way on this job. Dear ones, if you sow to your selfish nature, you're going to have a miserable life. All right. Dissensions, heresies, Envy, murder, drunkenness. Revelries is the uh, Bible word for hell raising. Down in the southern part of the county, we just call it hell raising. All right, that, that's the flesh. That's my fallen nature. You say, Brother Brown, I thought I got saved. Listen to me. You got a brand new heart. You got a brand new spirit. But that flesh is going to be fussing with you till the day you see Jesus. But thanks be unto God, it goes on to say, we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You don't have to listen to your flesh. Now, I'm old. I'm real old. And I remember the day when a child cut up in the grocery store. Mama would take him up back just wear his butt out right then. Now, that's illegal now. You know, now mama's got to give in to that screaming thing, that raising that maniac. All right. <laughs> Here's the deal now. You don't have to give in to your flesh. Tell it to hush. Tell it to be quiet. All right. Now, the scripture says, listen, listen to me carefully. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not let your culture tell you how to live. All right, I'm fixing to go deep. You ready? If you want something different from what they've got, you've got to sow something different from what they've got. If you want a great life of happiness and peace and joy and hope and encouragement, and you want a great family and you want to be blessed in everything you do, you've got to do something different than other people do. To experience different, you have to do different. You have to sow to the spirit. All right, I think, I think you understand that. All right, here's the, here's the second one. You can turn any situation around starting today if you'll start sowing to the Spirit, put the right seed. Now, you're not going to have about a night, but you can turn anything around by changing what you sow. Right, does anybody know the official, biblical, and worldwide definition of insanity? You know what it is? You, amen. Keep doing the same thing, wondering why you got different results. I was speaking with a minister in our county the other day, and this minister said to me, I can't get nobody to come to my church. And I just said, well, just keep doing what you've been doing. <laughs> Which is what they've been doing since 1745. I guarantee they're going to keep right on doing it. Why are you fussing? You keep doing the same thing. <laughs> if you keep doing what you've been doing, you can turn anything around. There was a man in the Bible named Jacob. Jacob's a Hebrew word for deceiver. And his, everything he did got him in big trouble. Finally, one night he had a meeting with God. And he changed his mind. He said, from now on, I'm going to do things different. God said, tonight I change your name. 
from deceiver to prince with God. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel. Got to be a place in our lives where I say, this ain't working out so good. I'm going to start sowing something different. You can turn anything around by beginning to sow. Turn with me to Isaiah 55, the wonderful passage. Uh, I'll see if you can pick up that. You know, we're on pictures on Sunday mornings right now. See if you can see a picture right here. Isaiah 55, I love, this is one of the great pictures of Messiah and what he'll do when he comes into our lives. And it's the promise of God. You can have absolutely anything your heart wants by the spirit of God. And the whole passage is one of, this is that great passage where it's got the words in it. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. A wonderful passage. But I want you to look at what he said. Let's put it about verse 10. As the rain comes down from heaven and the snow from heaven and don't return but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower. I may even know if you're going to plant, you've got to have some seed. There it is. Bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It won't return to me void. It will accomplish in what I please. Now this tells me here, do you understand, see the words seed and word? I got to begin to sow God's word through my lips. I can't keep saying, my kids ain't going to never make it. You are sowing bad seed and you're going to reap what you sow. You got to start, his word will not return void. All right, watch this. Verse 12, how would you like for the, and it'll prosper. What's the result of me sowing his word, sowing right? Verse 12, you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you. All the trees of the field will they clap their hands. Now watch this, verse 13. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Is that not turning your life around? Tell me what thorn and briar. Give me one word for thorn and briar. Pain. Pain. Tell me about cypress and myrtle. Two of the most beautiful trees there are. And there's healing in the bark of the cypress tree. What did he just say right there? You start sowing right. And instead of a life of pain, your life will become a life of beauty and healing. But, but how, do, do we just sit around and hope it'll happen? My word, you got to sow it. You got to bring it back. And uh, this and the, you, I, I got, I'm going to tell you something. You can turn anything around, but you got to start sowing in the right direction. He's put it in your hands. All right. <clears throat> Let me give you another. Well, this is going to bless your heart with our great God. If the law of the harvest is true, there are no excuses. America has got a master's degree in making excuses today. Who's the first, what's the first excuse in the Bible? Does anybody remember? God gave this man a woman to help him. And that man made a mistake. That man made a bad decision. He sowed to his flesh and God said, why'd you do it? He said, the woman. Though I'd have slapped him naked. Well, he was naked. I'd have slapped him naked right there. But what's the, when the first time a man ever got in trouble, what'd he do? He tried to blame somebody else. What have we been doing ever since? Then the law of the harvest means there's no excuses. This mess has proliferated in our nation right now. We, we've got an entire industry saying you can't amount to nothing because of something somebody else did to you. If there's a God on his throne and his word is true, nobody can stop him from blessing me if I'll sow to the spirit. I don't care where I came from, where I've been, what anybody's done to me. I am responsible for the future. We got to quit making it. If the law of the harvest is true, nothing can stop God. I, mean, I don't care what it is. Listen to me. He who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap abundant eternal life. You can't stop God from blessing you. Nobody can if you'll sow to the spirit. All right. So we goodbye with that stuff. All righty. I'm fixing to go real deep. Are you ready? Wishing is not sowing. There's a proverb that says there's he who desires, but never has anything. There's 
The Spirit doesn't bless wishing. He blesses sowing. I'm riding down to Causeway Atlantic Beach one day and had a big sign out there in front of a charter boat place that said, quit wishing and go fishing. I took that as a sign from God and went and did it. Quit wishing and go fishing. <laughs> you know, listen to me. Quit wishing, start sowing. How many people do I know that wish things would work? Wishing will not get you anything. Sowing will get you everything. All right. Wishing is not, <laughs> wishing is not sowing. All right, I, I'm fixing to get on the edge here. My theological buddies to get it with me. Here we go. Praying is not sowing. There's a place to pray. And I pray constantly in faith. But it was praying is not sowing. Only sowing is sowing. I can pray and beg God to send me a friend all I want to. But what does the Bible say in Proverbs? He who would have a friend must pray about it. He who would have a friend must show himself friendly. If you want a friend, be a friend. You want great friends, sow great friendship. You can pray all you want to never have a friend. If you want a great friend, become a great friend. If you want friendship, so friendship. So if I want my mate to get straightened out so I have a good marriage. You know it's coming. You know this is coming. You can pray for your mate all you want to. Become a great mate. I got three amens out of that. That's one of the best things I ever said. There was the kingdom. He's waiting on somebody to sow the seed so he can supply the harvest. Uh, perhaps you've heard this before. I heard it one time. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll tell you, it's got a truth in it. A lady went to see a divorce lawyer. She was married to this jerk. <clears throat> she went to see this divorce lawyer. She said, I'm, I'm leaving. I want to divorce him. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. He said, fine. He said, ma'am. And uh, he said, would you like to really stick it to him? I mean, you want to really just stick it to him? She said, yeah. <laughs> Come a long way from till death do us part. I think death will fix him. Do some of my part there. <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what do. This is a smart lawyer right here. He said, you go home for three or four weeks. You wait on him hand and foot. You love him. You cook meals for him. You treat him like King Farouk. You adore that man. You tell him how much you pray. You go home, you wait on him hand and foot. And then in about four weeks, when he thinks he has just cashed in on the main line, you throw them papers down in front of him. It'll kill him. She said, yeah. Yeah. Four weeks went by, six. Laurie never heard back from her. You know what's happening. Laurie never heard back. Finally called. He said, what, what about the divorce? She said, divorce. I love this man. So I'm married to the greatest. What happened? Whatsoever you sow. He's serious about this law of the harvest stuff. <laughs> when praying's not sowing. There's a time to pray, but there's a time to get to sowing. All right. Uh, let, me, let me put another one on you here. You can be a victim or you can be a farmer, but you can't be both. You cannot farm and wine at the same time. You, you won't be able to. They were cutting hay in my front pasture today. You, when you whine, you can't drive the tractor straight. <laughs> you can be a farmer. My goodness. You can't do both. The Spirit of God has been speaking to me so much lately about this seed of self-pity that the enemy sown on people and people. Listen. Self-pities of the flesh. Now, I love you, but I'm going to help you something. You will never have a harvest sowing self-pity. Self-pity is the demonic bringing you into destruction. Make up your mind. I am not a victim. The living God died for me. He's given me his word and he's waiting on me to sow it. I'm going to quit feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to start sowing. This man trying to help you right here. You just can't do it. Listen. 
you can't, the seed of self-pity is opposite of faith because there can be no faith where there's self-pity. You got to sow the seed of faith. All right. You got to decide this is it right here. All right, let me give you another one. Farmers sow into dirt. What do we sow into? Turn back to Galatians 6. I, turn back to Galatians 6. Let me show you where we sow at. Farmers sow into the soil, but we sow somewhere else. All right, look at this with me in Galatians 6. Somebody compare and find it from There it is. It's in the New Testament. Galatians 6. All right, let's read it again. Verse 7. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Sow to the flesh, destruction. Let's get over that. Sow to the spirit, you'll reap life. Don't grow weary. But watch verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Let us do good to all people, especially those that we go to church with. Household of faith. What do we sow into? People. We sow into people. All right, what do you say? You got to sow to the spirit. Well, I don't literally sow to the spirit himself except in worship. How do you sow to the spirit? It's the way you treat people. As you have opportunity. Now, dear ones, you, you can't sow without seed. This ain't hard. All right, listen to what we'll look at in a minute. 2 Corinthians 9 says this. He who gives seed to the sower and multiplies the seed they've sown. Let, let me, let me uh, let, let's look at this right here. I get up in the mornings, I go out, and I'm, I'm looking for somebody to do something for. Guess what I'm doing? I'm sowing. I'm going to sow encouragement into somebody's life. I'm going to speak love into somebody's life. I'm going to bless. I'm always looking for somebody to do something for. What's the Bible call that? As we have opportunity. Does anybody here have opportunity? How many opportunities do we have? 330 million in this nation right now. Now, all kinds of, listen, opportunity abounds right now around us. But let me help you here. Let me, let me be a little, can I be ugly for just a second? I promise I'll get right back to being nice. I can't see you if I'm in the way. Listen, learn to live your life watching people and ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What, how, what do they need? How can I help them? You know what you're doing? You're sowing to the spirit. All right, I'm a, let me go deep. Can I go deep? All right, I'm done being ugly. I'm sorry. Can I go deep for a second? Followers of Jesus should follow Jesus. To be a follower of Jesus don't mean to park your fanny on a pew for an hour on Sunday morning. To be a follower of Jesus, let me tell you what it means. Do what the man did. What the man do? You said, I can't remember everything he did. Only one verse covers it. One verse. Acts 1098. Excuse me, 1098. <laughs> you don't have to be smart to so sow either. Acts 1038. How our Lord Jesus Christ was anointed the Holy Spirit and went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed with the devil because God was with him. You want to follow Jesus? Go around doing good. Just every place you go, the clerks, you, you can be nice to your mate. Four amens on that. We're coming alive in here, ain't we? <laughs> dear, dear ones, as we have opportunity, are you always, listen, what does the Bible tell me there? God's put opportunity in front of me. Oh, just be looking for it all the time. Some, every place I go, people are needy. They need help. They need a good word. They need hope. They need life. They need hugging. They need praying for. They need to know Jesus is alive. He said, people are so needy today. Well, you know what we call that? An open garden. And you, you can just have, you just sow and load it up. All right. The farmer sow into soil. We sow into people. Opportunities. All right. Let's look at that promise of harvest. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 
chapter 9. Let's look at the other one. Turn back a few pages. Right in front of Galatians, you'll find the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, let me say a word while you're finding that. I know this principle has been a little bit perverted through the years in ministry some. Uh, you know, mail, mail me a thousand dollars. You know, I know that. I understand that. But listen to me. Just because some folks have abused it doesn't mean God's thrown it away. The law of the harvest is still in effect. And, and you can sow and you can reap. I want you to look. I, I look this is a great passage. 2 Corinthians 9, <clears throat> verse 6. This I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. How many of you agree? I mean, if, you, if your entire garden covers 16 square inches, you ain't going to get out of that. All right. Who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap what? Bountifully. Bountifully. I, some people have to have an acre and a half of garden. What are you going to do with it? Well, they, they, they give it away. You understand what he's saying here? Who determines what comes to you? Look at that verse. Who determines what comes to you? Not God, you do. Sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. You become one of those people who just, you're always looking for any opportunity to do anything for anybody. I mean, you just love people and you're just looking, what can I say? How can I help them? Can I care that for you, ma'am? Here, here, let me fix this for you. You just love to bless people. Every place you go, guess what happens? You better buy you a truck because it's coming back. Sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. This puts this back in my hands. All right, here's the promise. <clears throat> All right, let me, let me help you with this. Give it, each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity. You say, well, crap, fine, I'll do it. No, 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 that's, that's grudgingly. Bless people because of what God's put in your heart. We have a little theological problem here with this verse. What does it say? Because God loves a cheerful giver. You ever heard that? Well, does that mean he hates a tightwad? <laughs> no. No, he doesn't hate anybody. God loves everybody. Let me quote it to you. God delights in us giving freely and cheerfully. How many of you like it when your kids do that? How many of you like it when your kids get one cookie? You say, no, nothing's mine. I ain't giving them nothing. Doesn't that just bless your heart? (laughs) It blesses your heart when your children share. It blesses his heart when his children share. Listen, Jesus is the greatest giver of all time. Guess why we're called Christians? Because we look like him. All right, demons, give, give bountifully. All right, here's the promise. <clears throat> uh, verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower. You say, brother, I don't have nothing to give. Read it again. You have got something to give. Go home, take a picture off your wall and give it to somebody. Hey, Amen. I got this and my mom-in-law gave me. I never have liked it anyway. <laughs> take it give it to somebody. <laughs> no, don't do that. Dear ones, what does it say? He has given you seed to sow. You say, I don't have that much. He didn't say he gave you much. Where does it always start? Small. Get you a bag of suckers, walk around where you walk and put them on people's desks and tell them you love them. I bought a bag of suckers one day, went to the sheriff's office and passed them around in the jail. You, you just, you have got, he has given you something to give. He who supplies seed to the sower. You've got, so you say, brother, man, I don't have a dime. You got a mouth, don't you? Bless people with it. You have got something to give. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Watch these words. Supply and what? Multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Tell me when he multiplies it. When does he multiply it? After you sow it. Once you've sowed it, he will, he'll multiply it. Okay. Do you, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you hear an angry deity saying, 
I hope they don't sow nothing. I'll have to bless them. Is that what you hear? You know what I hear? Come on, sweetheart. Come on. Give me something to work with here. Give me something. To do something. Do something I can bless. How many believers are sitting around waiting on God to do something? He says, I've already given you the seed. You do something so I can bless it. You put something out there so I can bless it. All right. He supplies seed to the sower and then he multiplies it. Promised of great harvest. All right, and I want you to turn back with me to Galatians a few pages here. All right, watch this. Galatians. Now, to be honest with you, I've heard this preached on a few times. And about every time I hear preachers preach on it, they preach on the destruction part. Do wrong, he's going to get you. Well, I'm over that. I've decided to quit acting like an idiot. Can I get a witness? I have tasted idiotcy. I don't want to be an idiot no more. I've tasted the destruction. I've decided to go the good route. Instead of cussing people, I've decided to be nice to them. I've decided to help people instead of hurting them. All right, fine. How about the other side? All right, listen to this. Listen, listen to what it says. What's the first thing it says in verse 7? God is not mocked. You know what that means? Nobody will ever say, I sowed and you didn't bless it. Nobody will ever say in eternity or in the judgment or any other time, I gave and God didn't bless it. You'll never, you can't mock him. You know what that means? You sow it, he'll bless it. And of course, that thing's true on the other side too. Some of you are mad because them sinners are getting away with it. No, they're not. God's not mocked. Whatever anybody sows, that's what they're going to reap. Relax, you're not the judge, you're the prayer. He'll handle that. But listen to me. Nobody will ever say, I served my husband and didn't get anything out of it. You'll never do that to him. I promise you, you serve people, watch what happens. He'll load your wagon. He's not going to be mocked. He guaranteed, he has guaranteed the law of the harvest. Now in farming, this, this past year, Katie and I would plant our garden. It was a bad time. Drought hit in. Not much came up. You know, when you farm, you take a risk. I didn't have to worry about the coons getting it this year. <laughs> Wasn't nothing to get. Listen to me. You never take a risk with God sowing. He is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he shall reap. You sow to the spirit. It's coming home just as sure as the sun's going to rise tomorrow. All right, let me, let me say one more thing here. Dear ones, everybody has needs. If you have a need, sow that seed. If you have a need, sow that seed. Say, Brother Ben, I just wish people loved me. What do you need to do? You go start loving people. Watch what happens. You, you, this is as automatic as the sun rising. Um, if, if you're discouraged and you need hope, what do you need to do? Go build somebody up. Go, go give people hope. We're waiting on something to happen. Make it happen. Make it start from scratch and make it happen. All right. If you've screwed up and you need mercy, show mercy to people. Mercy is a wonderful, I love mercy. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you need it as much as anybody I know. Well, that's true. But it was blessed to the merciful. Mercy comes piling back on them. Uh, turn with me to Luke chapter six. Here, let's just load your wagon real good. Luke chapter six. This is, some people call this the most difficult passage in the Bible. You tell me. You know, go to church. All right, I can stand that. Give a little bit. I might stand that. I can't take Luke chapter six. Read it with me. A lot of people really struggle with this right here. But let me remind you something. My heavenly father's not looking to rip anybody off. He's trying to bless people. Read with me in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Love your enemies. 
I can't get one amen out of that. We need to back up a little bit. We sort of struggle with that. Verse 32, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? The hell's angels do that. (laughs) All right, verse 35, love your enemies, do good, give, hoping for nothing in return. See there, see there. I knew if I gave, I wouldn't get nothing back. Wait a minute. Read the rest of it. Read the rest of it. Your reward will be great. So Brother Brian, how can you hope for nothing in return and your reward will be great? Quit expecting people to do it for you. God will give it back to you. You love, you give freely, you just pour it out there. I mean, you just, you, you'll be sons of the most high. He's kind of the unthankful and evil. Verse 36, be merciful as your father's merciful. Let's shift gears. Verse 37, judge not, you won't be judged. Listen, don't be hard on people. You won't, it won't be hard on you. Condemn not and you won't be condemned. Quit criticizing people. You won't feel so bad about yourself. <laughs> well, what's this called? This is the law of the harvest. Forgive and you'll be relaxed and you'll feel like a forgiven man. Who writes my ticket here? I do. Uh, verse 38, that great verse. Give, it'll be given unto you. How many of you would like to have some stuff? Oh, don't be spiritual with me. Everybody's looking for something. Well, how do you get it? What's that verse say? Give. If you give, it'll be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, it'll be given, watch these words, with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Who writes my ticket? I do. I do. When I see people that are just depressed and miserable and crabby, you say, it's because of the times we're living in. No, you sowed that seed. When I see people that are full of joy and hope and they're just having the time of their lives, you say, well, they're probably on drugs. No. (laughs) No. They sowed that seed. You know, the, the law of the harvest is all through the Bible. It's absolutely immutable. If you need mercy, give it. All right, listen to me. What about if you need healing? A lot of people need healing. We, we give this book over here called Healed of Cancer. Dodie Osteen, uh, her husband, John Osteen, pastored Lakewood Church. I used to listen to John years ago. Their son, her son, Joel, pastors it now. John died younger. And Dodie Osteen, 81, 82, they were getting ready for the big annual convention. She got to feeling bad, went to the doctor and he told her husband, said she is absolutely eat up with metastatic cancer. Said she'll live a few more weeks. Chemotherapy might stretch it out two months. There's nothing you can do. And uh, John did not receive that. John said, I appreciate you, appreciate your help, appreciate you what you're doing, but I'm gonna get a second opinion. And I don't mean from a medical doctor in Houston. I'm going to the great physician. And he and Dodie talked about it. She said, we're going to fight this thing by faith. And she said, I'm not giving into this. She said, my God, she said, my Jesus died for me to be healed. And she didn't give into that thing. I right, know. Listen to me. Listen to me carefully. John, John is one of the great teachers of sowing and reaping. What's the first thing she did? She said, I felt so bad when they got done with me. She said, I went down to 98 pounds. She said, I could hardly lift my head off the bed, but I knew what to do. I got out of the bed, got myself dressed, called down to my church office, said, give me a list. Everybody in our church has got cancer. And she got in her car, tired, worn out, and drove to every house and started praying for people that had cancer. You know what she's doing? What's she doing? She's working the law of the harvest. And she began to, she needed healing. So she went to pray for people that needed healing. And she said, I would feel so terrible every morning. And she said, I could barely get out of the bed. Then we pray one little prayer and quit. This is a battle. Sometimes it's a long running battle. And she said, we hung in there. But she said, every day I'd get out of that bed. I'd throw up, feel bad, get out of that bed. I could barely drive, but I'd go find sick people and pray for them and love them. And she said, the, the strangest thing happened. 
the more I prayed for people, the better I felt. And then she said, I'd go home at night, I'd get to feeling bad. The next morning, I'd get up feeling terrible, went, went do it. Well, that was uh, 40 some years ago. She's still starting her service now. See, if you have a need, sow the seed. Dear ones, we, we've got to learn in any situation we're in, instead of saying, this is terrible. Why don't somebody do something? You need to always ask, what's my seed I need to sow here? What's my seed I need to sow? Listen, soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. If you sow the seed of hard words, you're going to blow the thing all to pieces. Sow soft answers and you'll reap quiet. We've got to learn to look for the seed to sow at that moment. All right, let me go deep here. If you need money. So brother, that's just dumb. It's just dumb if you need money to give it away. Take it up with the man who wrote it. start, Start where you at, start giving. But listen to me, you have to give in faith. Probably ain't gonna do no good. Here. <laughs> no, no, no. Bless people. Listen to me. If you have a need, the, the whole is set up on the law of the harvest. You've got to learn to cooperate with him. Now, a lot of people are bothered by this. I didn't write. Turn with me to Proverbs eleven twenty-five. Proverbs eleven twenty-five. All of us need one thing. That's for sure. Let me show it to you. Proverbs eleven twenty-five. I'm convinced that encouragement may be the greatest need today. I mean, there's a spiritual war going on and we're struggling with all kinds of principalities and we're living in a difficult day. People need strength. People need to find strength. Rather than calling somebody and ask them, say, I'm, I'm lowering a snake's belly in a wagon rut. How about build me up? All right, let's look at what the Bible says here. Proverbs 11, verse 25 says this. Proverbs eleven twenty-five: 25. The generous soul will be made rich he who waters will also be watered himself. Another translation says this. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. You want to live with strength and hope and encouragement? Go start giving that to people. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, all right, let me, get, let me help you with faith. Let's do something by faith right here. You ready? Do you have to feel something to do it? Can you praise God when you feel like crap? Some people wake up in the mornings and they just glow in the dark and angels lift them out of the bed and they just, they, they're just alive. I feel like I got run over when I wake up. <laughs> I might have something, might be age related, probably the way I took care of my equipment when I was young. But listen to me, I don't get up and say, how do I feel? That's stupid. I get up and tell myself how we're going to feel. And, and uh, I told you about jumpstarting the old but I'm a kid, daddy's got an old Studebaker pickup truck. It wouldn't crank half the time. Mom said, get in the back. We're going to the store. Well, it wouldn't crank. So we youngins would push it down the road. Mom would pop the clutch and get cranked. She said, get in, get in. We're going to the store. <laughs> we had to jumpstart that old Studebaker truck. Man, you got, what do you think it means? Stir up the gift of God that is within you. Jumpstart your faith. You don't have to feel something to do it. I guarantee you, I don't feel like paying my taxes, but I do it anyway. Can I get a witness? <laughs> was, you you got to learn to sow by faith, not by feeling. There's times the last thing in the world I feel like doing is praying for people. But you know what I know? Act on the word of God. Quit worrying about how you feel. All right, if, 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 you, if you need money, encouragement. Let, while we're there, turn the page to the right. Let me show you the one that I mentioned earlier. Those Proverbs is great wisdom for people. How many people there are struggling with true friendship? I say the dearest thing in this life is a great friend. 
What a friend we have in Jesus. But we need friends in this life. And I've had people say, I can't find anybody to be my friend. Proverbs 18, 24. A man who has friends, what does it say? Must show himself friendly. Then was, if you want a friend, become a friend. Sow friendship into people. Listen to me. I love y'all. Let, let your preacher help here. Quit sitting around waiting on something good to happen. Get up and go make it happen. Do it. Sow it. Sow your seed if you have a need. And watch what he does. Let me mention one more here. If you want the touch of God on your life, the Spirit of God, you have to sow to the Spirit. All right, let's look at one more. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Um, there's this lie going around that God just, we don't know why the Lord blesses some people and some people he don't. That's a lie. Whatever a man sows, that's what he reaps. And th- this is great news right here because you know what this did? This great theological quandary that, well, some, got, some people just get blessed and some don't. That's not what it says. This teaches very clearly, I can bless myself. I can trust God to take care of me by what I sow. All right, now, dear ones, I don't like my flesh rattling around in my head. You know what I mean by that? I don't like to be aggravated. I don't like to complain. I don't like whining as flesh. I like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I like the sweetness of Jesus. I like that quiet that's on the inside. I love it when he draws close. I love the joy that comes from his spirit. I'd rather be filled with the Holy Spirit than filled with flesh any day. I don't need anybody to pray for me for that. Amen. Amen. Watch it. Ephesians 5, 18. We saw this the other day. Don't be drunk with wine. It's dissipation. Be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks once in a while. If something good happens, always for all things. What's it say right there? You sow to the spirit, the spirit will sow back to you. You sow worship and gratitude and praise and thank you and hallelujah and celebration. And you've been good to me and I give you the glory and honor. Let me sing a song to you. I hope you like it. You sow to the spirit, the sower sows back to you. His strength and glory comes inside of you. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So to, let me show you one more on this same line. Same exact thing to the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. There was many people that are waiting on the Holy Spirit to do something. Listen to your pastor. He's waiting on you to do something. He's waiting on you. Every morning he's waiting on you to do something. Every moment he's waiting on you to do something. People say, boy, I've been to those great meetings where the Spirit of God just comes and it's wonderful. I love them things. You don't have to go to a meeting to do that. He loves you by yourself. He'll bless. You can have your own Holy Ghost camp meeting by yourself. I said in the past you have to have a barn. You don't even have to have a barn. I like going out to the barn, but you can do it wherever you, you can have a spell wherever you want to. All right. I want you to look at something. Look at that. This seems sort of strange to people. Acts 13, one in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. There were five elders. He lists the five elders. Watch these words. Verse two, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit came to them and said and told them what to do. What were they doing? Do you notice the Holy Spirit came to these people and helped them? I look, look in that verse. When did the Holy Spirit come? When he felt like it, when they ministered to him. There was minister to the Lord. Minister to the Lord and he'll minister to you. Who starts it? He doesn't, you do. You can minister to the Lord anytime you want to and he'll minister to you. I came in one night, we're building a house we live in. I think my middle daughter was about four or five, five maybe. 
and I had sawdust all over me. And we living in this little janky trailer up there near the thing so we'd get the thing built. I told you about that trailer, I'd stomp on one end, the other end and fly up. I thought, I'd love that place. So I came out at night and she, she said, I've written a song for you, I've written a song for you. Sit down. I said, well, sweetheart, let me eat. No, no, sit down, sit down right now, sit down right now. So I sat on the couch and uh, she got up there and she, she bowed out and she went, and she went to singing that song. And she, it was a wonderful song. I mean, it wasn't on meter. It was a wonderful song. You know what she was doing? She was ministering to me. You look in that passage in Ephesians, we minister to one another, but you can minister to the Lord. Listen to me. You minister to the Lord, he'll minister to you. You minister to the spirit of God, he'll minister to you. You sow to the spirit, he'll sow back to you. You sow your worship and your song and your praise and your gratitude and your blessing to him. Let me tell you something. He'll sow his peace and joy back to you. He'll sow his hope back into you. Um, <clears throat> if you don't have a barn, find you some woods. Find you some woods and go in the woods, sit on a tree and you just tell, tell him this, say, I didn't come out here to ask for a thing today. I don't want to think from you today. I came out here to be there. I came out here to tell you what all I'm grateful for. And you start at the top of the list. You start going down, tell him, I am so grateful that you've given me help for all these years. And I want to thank you and praise you. I want to thank you and praise you. I got somebody to love me. Look, look right here. I've been fed all these years. You've been good to me. I got a place to live. I live in the greatest nation on earth. I got the greatest preacher that loves me and care. Tell him all that stuff. And you, you, just start to, you just start going down that list and watch, watch what happens. You start doing that after a little bit, watch what happens. All of a sudden, you'll sense the atmosphere change. And then all of a sudden, he'll start ministering to you. And you'll, you'll enjoy that sweet presence of God, the healing, and he'll speak to you, he'll tell you things. Who's he waiting on? Quit waiting on him, he's waiting on us. Let me quit by saying this. The law of the harvest brings hope back to life. People say, Brother Brian, we're living in difficult days. When did God die? When did the law of the harvest not go in? When did he stop it? I don't care what's going on in these days. There was the law of the harvest is still in effect. We're living in great days. You can have anything you want through the law of the harvest. I don't care. I, don't, I remember clearly Brother Hagin, I heard him say one day, I don't care if gas goes to $5 a gallon. And I remember thinking, well, that'll never happen, but it's funny. <laughs> I'd have never dreamed we'd seen such foolishness. There was, I don't care what, listen, I don't care what's going around you. Who is your God above you? The law of the harvest is in effect. And, and, but we've got to, we got to do what the Bible says. Sow to the spirit. Sow into people. As you have opportunity to do good to all people. Say, all right, all right, brother Brown, how, how much good do I have to do? How much blessing you want? What kind of life you want? All right, now let me help you here. If I'm having a great life today and I'm blessed and good things are happening, that's because of what I sowed way back yonder. If I want it to keep up, I need to sow for down there today. Law of the harvest. It, it, it just works in life. It'll work in your marriage. It, it'll work in everything you do. It's just waiting on us to jump on the law of the harvest. I don't want you to, don't want you to do this. I want you to go out tomorrow. And I want you to try it. And I want you to start practicing this thing and uh, just find somebody at work tomorrow and say, my preacher's talking about this law of the harvest thing. And I'm going to try it. Stand still. <laughs> just tell them, stand still. Amen. Go and tell, be nice to your wife tonight. Let's see if it works. <laughs> tell us, I'm going to kiss you. This ain't got nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I'm going to tell you, because it's Wednesday night and it's different on Wednesday night, it's just us. I'm dating the police chief's daughter in Charlotte. I'm about 18, 19 years old. She was beautiful, such a great, such a nice girl, but I was scared spitless of him. 
And I told her, I said, I don't think your daddy likes me. She said, why would you say that? I said, probably because he keeps telling me that over and over. <laughs> I think I has got something to do with it. And maybe no, there's a time to quit wishing and start getting with it. You know, I'm going to get an ugly email for this, but I'm going to tell you what. And, uh, you know, you're always dating a real nice girl like that. And you're always a little nervous about when can you kiss her the first time? Oh, you weren't. Especially, you know, with her daddy. Things could go south real quick when you mess up with the police chief's daughter. Finally, I decided we've been courting long, we've been hanging around long enough, it's time. So I sat in the car one night and I just said, I'm gonna kiss you. She just sat there and I thought, she ain't doing nothing. This is either real good or real bad. Finally, I said, I'm gonna kiss you. She just sat there. I said, are you deaf? She said, no, are you paralyzed? Well, that's a good sign right there. All righty. That had nothing to do with what we're talking about. I just, <laughs> I just thought you needed to know there comes a time to quit wishing and start kissing. Can I get a witness? Uh, Lord Jesus, you're so wonderful. You, you spilled your precious blood to give us eternal life. But this word says you spilled your blood to give us abundant life. And so many people wishing and wondering and waiting and when they need to be sowing. And I, I praise you and thank you. Your word says, as you have opportunity, you've supplied seed to the sower. You've given us opportunity. There's people around us all the time that need stuff. The whole world is crying out for help right now. And, and you have given us the seed to sow and the ground to sow it into. I, I love this kind. I just love this kind of stuff. Lord Jesus, when we shift our lives from what about me? What about me? What about me? To what can I do for you? Something just happens. Something just happens. I thank you that we can sow our way out of any hole we get into starting right now. Anything. And I thank you and praise you. I pray for everybody in this room tonight that they'll hear from their hearts. Hear from their hearts. So that's how this thing works, huh? Thank you for sending us your word. Thank you for teaching us your ways through your word. And I thank you as your word says, I am watching over my word to perform it. I'm watching. And when you sow, I'll perform it. Pray for every person in this room. Lord Jesus, I, I just think people just need to sow abundantly and reap abundantly. Trust you for that. And I, I want to thank you, Lord Jesus. You said that unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it'll fall in the ground and die, it bears much fruit. I want to thank you and praise you. You are the grain of wheat that fell in the ground and died so you could bear the fruit of this family right here. Thank you and praise you. You laid down your life and you sowed your life at the cross so we could have life. And we'll worship you till we see you face to face and then we'll worship you for all of eternity, for all you've done. Let Jesus be glorified. Let the saints be edified. Let the demons be petrified and let grace abound forever. In his precious name I pray, amen. I love you. God bless you.